This is Library Nerds with Words, the podcast that gives you the word on all the cool, nerdy happenings at Peter White Public Library and the library universe beyond. From books and concerts to search engines and story times, the library nerds are in and ready to show you that being a nerd can be cool. Get ready, get set, get nerdy. Welcome back to Library Nerds with Words, the podcast that gives you the latest word on all the cool things happening at Peter White Public Library and the Library Universe Beyond, straight out of the mouths of the people who know it best, library nerds. And this episode is a milestone, our 100th episode. So we are going to be doing something extra special today, a movie roundtable discussing three films that are 100 years old. I'm Marty Ackett, Adult Programming Coordinator for Peter White Public Library, and joining me today are everyone's two favorite movie nerds, Amanda Pierce from the Teen Zone and Ben Sargent from Cataloging. Welcome back to the podcast, Amanda. Ben, it's been a long, long time. Yeah, it has, and Ben has a new title, too. I've got a new job. A new job, new title, but still the same old Ben who won't try funky cheeses, so... So the last time we sat down to talk movies was before Christmas, and we sipped mulled wine, ate scary cheeses, and discussed holiday films, and found out that Amanda does not like It's, it's a Wonderful Life, life. No. so we're, we're going to have to keep on throwing that in. So Every year she's going to watch it. She's going to watch it. it. Yeah, that's it. So, okay. When I realized that our 100th episode was coming up, I talked to Ben and we decided to do a movie roundtable focused on movies that are one century old. Um, Plus, Ben and I know how much Amanda likes old black and white movies and plus they're silent. So that's even better. So um, it was a win-win all round for everybody. Um, except for Amanda, maybe. Well, we're watching them so you don't have to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Um, you can tell Amanda's so excited about this. Anyway, but before we get into how much we all love these movies, we have to play another round of Word on the Nerd, the game where I found out a little bit more about my guest nerds. You both know how this goes. I'm going to ask you three library nerd questions about yourselves, and you have to answer them for the listeners. So, Amanda and Ben, are you ready to play? Word on the nerd. So this is going to be a little game of would you rather. I'm going to ask you three would you rather questions and you have to truthfully answer them for the listeners. And all of the questions this time have to do with things that are 100 years old. Okay, so here's your first question, which has to do with food. That was popular oh. 100 years ago. Oh, okay. Okay. So. There for a second. All right. So here we go. I don't remember what they ate back in those days. <laughs> so would you rather eat clam broth for dinner or green peppers stuffed with fish for dinner? Wow. <laughs> those are your two choices. You got to pick one. I'm going to say the green peppers. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I don't feel like it have clam broth under any circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you eat stuffed peppers, it's stuffed with fish. It would be stuffed yeah. with fish. And, you know, it depends on the kind of fish. But what I was looking at didn't mention what kind of fish you yeah. stick stuffed in the peppers. Yeah. Peppers, easily. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. clam broth, I mean, I'm adventurous. I know Amanda's adventurous, but clam broth just does no. not sound appetizing in any way, shape, or form. Nope. 
Okay. All right. Well, that was an easy one. All right. Did you read the script? <laughs> I breezed through it real quick. All right. Because, of course, I don't I don't read them in advance because I like to be well, loving. Like, I just went through real quick. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Okay. Well, the questions might get a little harder. So here we go. go. Second question. This one is about 100-year-old books. Oh, okay. okay. Would you rather read Sigmund Freud's The Id and the Ego or Edgar Rice Burroughs' Tarzan and the Golden Lion? Um, I mean, probably the, yeah, the Burroughs book, right? The Burroughs book, yeah. yeah. Even though, you know, he's a little questionable. He is very yeah, questionable. Like, you really want to read Freud? Um, no. You know, I know enough about Freud, so yeah. um, I just know that, well, you know, Freud was a cocaine addict, so, yeah. you, know, you know, but uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs is a, is a kind of a it, racist, so, well, so he's a racist, yeah. but, yeah, so those are the choices, racist or cocaine addict. Well, one, I mean, one's an adventure story, the other one's uh-huh. yeah. psychology. Yeah, so, okay, well, I, you know, I will say I would go with Edgar Rice Burroughs on that one, yeah. too. I'd so. rather read neither. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a choice. you got to pick one. Okay, so, all right, last question. This time about 100-year-old fads. Ooh, okay. okay. Would, and this is in 1923. These were both fads. Um, would you would you participate in a Charleston dance marathon, or participate in a flagpole sitting contest? <laughs> that makes me think of the Harvey Danger song. Flagpole sit up. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say the dance marathon. The flagpole thing just seems like you're gonna break your neck. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely flagpole thing. And yeah. I listened to a podcast. There's a great podcast called Stuff You Should Know, and they just um. They've been around forever. Mm-hmm. They did an episode on the flagpole sitting. Mm-hmm. So it just was like a, you know, people would do it just to show off or like get publicity. You sit on, it depends on whether you're sitting on a flagpole in the middle of winter. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not something I would do. Mm-hmm. I would take the Charleston. But if it's in the summer and I have a book and some good cheese and wine at the top of the flagpole. But some of these dance marathons would go on forever. Like wow. you've yeah. never seen they shoot horses. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it was just, just like, like, no, you'd rather be on the flagpole. Trust me. Okay, well, there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm with, with the flagpole sitter as, as opposed to the Charleston thing. thing. So, all right. All right, well, that is the end of this 100th episode special edition of Word on the Nerd. From, with, with Ben, from, from Catalog and Amanda, from the Teen Zone here at the Public, Public Library. And, and we can't avoid it any longer. Okay, we have to talk about 100-year-old movies now. Um, you may uh, recognize some of the stars in these, in these films. Others have sort of faded into obscurity, probably, for good reason. Um, but let's jump into our DeLorean and travel back to 1923 as we get into The Word. So, Amanda, we, we, let's talk real films, but first, let's talk about the board that Amanda has created for us to partake in today. So, we have a tiny petite cream um, that Anna gave me. It's delicious. It's a little funky smelling. It did smell weird. I won't lie. It did smell weird. It tastes really good, and I have some of it um, Red, Red wine, wine jelly, jelly from Sag Farms, which I picked up at Barrel Lee before Christmas, and that's delicious with that. Um, we have a red wax Dutch Gouda, which I picked up from the co-op this morning, which is what the 100 is made out of. And then we have my favorite out of the word, 
the Charla Hocker, which is the Charla Hocker is really good. It is delicious. It's a made cow's milk with, and it's washed in a wine spice, and then it's aged for 10 months. And it is delicious. It's a little bit of French to it because of how it's been aging. That is from everyday wine, and I will plug them every day, every time, because their cheese is amazing. And shout out to their cheese counter dude. He's amazing. He'll give you like little samples of like, what are you looking for? And he'll like totally help you put everything together. I said, I said, totally. And then when we were planning this, I said, get a 100 year old cheese. I'm going to try to kill that. If you are I'm not that mean. So I've seen Dan eat the salami so far. That's about it. But I've tried almost everything, especially the cheeses. So the cheeses are really good. Um, and we'll see if, if, if Ben decides to try one of the cheeses, we'll like pause everything so that we can get his reaction. Breaking news. Breaking news. Here we go. All right. So we chose three 100 year old movies. Yeah. Do we want to just say how we chose them? Yeah. Let's, let's do that. Go ahead. You came down the dungeon. Rename the dungeon. Where I now work. So you haven't seen it yet, sir. I know it's a little all three that we watched are all public domain now, so yep. they're all on YouTube. Um, and that's kind of how we decided. It's mm-hmm. not only three, you can't do more than that. No, no. I mean, we, we, we thought we could pick a shorter one. No. Uh, okay, okay, so, so the, the three movies are The Pilgrim with Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin. Yes. Um, the Hunt at Notre Dame with Anjane Senior. Yep. And um, Scaramouche with, with starring Ramon Navarro. Yep. yep. And, and we, we found, found out that Scaramouche is a two-hour movie. Just over two hours. Just, just over two hours. Um, Hunchback in Notre Dame is, depending on which version you find on YouTube, can be like an hour and 20 to an hour and 40 minutes long. Yeah, the one I watched, because it is on Paramount, this is a universal movie, um, was... One hour and 40 minutes. One hour and 40? Yeah. Something like that. And that's the one that I watched. That's the one I watched, too. And then the Pilgrim is about 45, yeah. 15 minutes, something like that. So, um, which one do you want to talk about first? Well, let's... Okay, I, I feel like we have a consensus worst one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, maybe so not. I am going to go with that. They're all horrible. <laughs> well, let's do this. Let's start with the Chaplin movie. Okay, let's do Chaplin. Um, so, Pilgrim, 23. This is not a top-tier Chaplin. No. Yeah, it's a talking picture. Although I love City Bugs. City Bugs is great. 
Um, although, although when I was watching it, I watched. I've been teaching now, and in my intro film class for a very long time. But then I watched last this this month. I watched as part of our, the um, uh, film series that we're doing with Northern. Um, I watched um, Code of the Freaks, which is talking about the depiction of people with disabilities in movies. And they actually talked about Lon Chaney and Hunchback oh, nice. as well. But they also talked about the depiction of the blind girl in in City Lights, Lights and called it in question. So, so it sort of made me reevaluate. I still think it's a great movie. Sure. It is, you know, obviously a different time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, the movie is pretty, it's short. It's Charlie Chaplin doing, you know, Tramp, tramp sort of things. I don't know if this one's considered a Tramp movie, but... So, so, like, the man doesn't know this, so he, Charlie Chaplin was most famous for portraying a character that was, like, called the Tram. And it wasn't always, it wasn't, like, the same character in every movie, but it was, like, our type of character. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this definitely had that. Yeah. Um, so, it's, it's about, about a guy who, is a, he escapes from jail or something? Yeah, he's in the prison. Right. And he wants to get, he sealed clothes that's from a pastor or a parson. Um. Because he, he wants, wants to, like, like ditch his jail clothes, obviously, his prisons, um, prison clothes. Um, then he goes to the train station, gets on a train, um, and then he ends up in this Texas town, a big place in Texas, um, where they're, like, expecting their new pastor to show up. So he gets off the train, and they're like, oh, he's here, so he's got to, like, pretend to be the pastor, and then, like, you know, hijinks ensue, and then he is staying in this house. The, the plot gets kind of convoluted. I think with all these movies, it got real convoluted. They added too many characters. It's sort of hard to follow. If, if I think, think with all silent movies, and this didn't have title cards like the other two, you just got to kind of have to like follow along. Um, and and, and basically, he is sort of playing the Tramp character. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, there's, I, I found the whole scene where he's be in the church and doing, doing all that. Oh, that was, that was really funny. Mm -hmm. um, where he's like, he doesn't know what's going on. And the guy keeps like coming up and saying, oh, it's time to get the offering. Yeah. And so he gets up there and he gets the, the choir to sing and everything like that. And then he gets the offering and he wants to take the money and leave with the offering. And then the guy says, it's time for the sermon. And so he gets up and like, I really like that because that's, that's like, like what Charlie Chaplin was best at doing that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, you know, it's just, it, it was, was fine, not great. He's sort of the character, sort of. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He goes to get the money after his escaped convict roommate comes after him. And steal the money from the little ladies. He's trying to pay his her landlord her mortgage. So, so he redeems himself. He brings the money back. He he like gets gets it from from uh, his ex best friend in jail or whatever. And then um, they also did go to the the dance hall, which was a makeshift casino. Yes. Yeah. To get his money back, and that was being robbed. I'm like, there's way too many things. There was a lot. There was a little kid with a death wish. The little kid with a death wish, who, boy, that 
kid was so annoying. He really did. I mean, because he kept every all the adults there in this, like, they're having, like, lunch after church or something. I think that's what's going on. And this kid is just the most annoying child. He's, like, like, running up and kicking Charlie Chaplin's character, and then he was running up and hitting the other guy, and then at one point he gets a knitting needle and a cocaine from the line, and then the four or fifth, he's, like, like grabbing water out of the bowl, and he's like, just smack this kid. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, go talk to the man, go talk to the man, I'm like, woman, control your child. Yeah. You're the dad. Control your child. Both of you, control your child. It was, it was, I mean, but, you know, totally, that's, like, like classic Chaplin yeah. movie. Yeah. That's a classic Chaplin thing, too. I, I mean, even in City Lights, he does this whole thing with spaghetti in City Lights, where he's eating it, and it's not really just spaghetti, it's like paper, and it's come down. So, I mean, it's totally, it's a total Chaplin thing. And, you know, Chaplin's a really good um, physical comedian. Yep. Mm-hmm. I give him that, yeah. And, and there was just, like, total classic Chaplin thing mm-hmm. where he's... He's, he's doing, doing the normal Chaplin stuff. So, you know, you know as, as a Chaplin, Chaplin film, as a short Chaplin film, film it wasn't bad. bad. No, it wasn't no. bad. You know, it, it was, was amusing. amusing and you didn't like it. You didn't like it. <laughs> oh, wow. But you're going to have to rate it from least offensive <laughs> to most offensive or something, I guess. What's the scale for this one? I don't know how many wow. What's the object? Oh, oh yeah, we, we have, have to. Um, I, I wow. Um, what's, what's something, something that, that you would associate with old bad movies or old silent films? Um, the music was okay. The Texas music. We'll do it on. We can read the soundtrack. But we can do that. Yeah, but like, what should the scale be? <laughs> so um, we have to do one to five. And, you know, since it's scary cheeses go with it, one to five scary cheeses, one scary cheese being not so bad, and five scary cheeses being like, no, we would never do that. Oh, okay, so it's a little reverse. Yeah, it's a reverse. You want the least amount of scary cheeses. Right, I agree. Okay. I would put this smack in the middle, I'd say... Three, three scary cheeses. Three scary cheeses. So, something that you might be tempted to try? Yeah. Okay. I would say, like, you know, I could be convinced to put the, you know, to give this one a try. Okay. So, yeah. Like I said, it, it, like we said, it's, it's not best Chaplin, but it's not worst Chaplin either. No, so, it's kind of middle of the road Chaplin. Right, middle of the road Chaplin. Okay. So, so which movie? movie I'll let that choose which movie we talk about. Let's just get the hunchback out of the way. Can we quote my daughter? Oh, oh okay. Lord, okay. One cringe, Mom. What are we watching? <laughs> 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 well, I sent it to bed last night. Yeah. Some of the books. Oh, yeah. So, so I, I turned, turned on, on the sorting girl stuff with the TV in the basement. Okay. And then, like, you would just, I had, like, searching it on the TV, and all she sees is a picture of this Quasimodo. And she's like, uh, mom, like what? She's like, like that's cringe. It's, it's like the Wizard of Oz gone wrong. Because then you have like the people all dressed up in costumes, and she was like referring to monkeys, but she also refers to the Wizard of Oz gone wrong in the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. They have the Wizard of Oz characters on the yeah. plate, and that's, that's what it reminded her of. And then the skeletons are there. She's like, I don't know. I'm like, it's people in a costume. What? Kind of weird festival. And then she also said the Disney version was way better. 
I don't I agree with that. I agree with that. I would agree with that. In fact, um, you know, I, I mean, there are other versions of the hunchback in the movie yeah. that are much better than this. Oh, yeah. But for what it is, yeah, you watch a good hour and 15 minutes with me. She was the whole film. And she was doing much better than me. She's like, Mom, it worked on the screen, so I would turn my back. <laughs> and then I just sit there and read it. Right. I think this is really hard. You have to read everything. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I will say with the Chaplin movie, the title cards were bad, and you could probably follow along with what was going yeah. on <laughs> with, with, with the Hunchback of Notre Dame and Scaramouche. Those, those title cards were really, really important. And these are based on novels yeah. rather than so they, they got a lot of the title cards do a lot of heavy lifting on the story. Right, right. right. It, 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 there's lots of exposition so that you understand what's coming next. In fact, there are times in Scaramouche when, when I was watching it, where if I missed a title card, you would not understand what was next. Mm-hmm. With, With the Hunchback, I think it's because I, it's, it's a familiar story. Yeah, and I think it's just easier. Right. It's like, you know, Bud Lowe is, you know what Ronald is. But even with that, I have a hard time following this. And the strange thing about this, I was talking with Ben this morning about the Hunchback, is that the Hunchback is not Back in the day. I think you could call it Esmeralda, 
um, yeah. and, and the Court of Miracles, Miracles or something. And then, and then the Hunchback is sort of, no, you know, they, they promised us Hunchback. We didn't get that Hunchback. You know, and, and, I, and, and I, I thought literally, because at the beginning of the film, you get the Hunchback. And he's spitting on people and he's like making fun of them and because, because they treated him so horribly and stuff like that. And, and I thought, okay, well, this is the hunchback that I'm used to. Yeah. And then the hunchback that a whole planet is. When the movie happens, it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> Getting all falling about Esmeralda, like, is she the missing person, right? Well, she was, a, she was someone who was kidnapped by, by, by okay, okay, gypsies. All right, yeah. so let's, let, I mean, let's... Well, the race there. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot. I mean, this is like 1923, so I don't think that you can you can escape it. Although I don't think that anything scary that was necessarily bad. No, I don't think so. No. I mean, there was one... I think I saw one African-American character in the entire room. I don't, I don't think, think I've even saw that. Oh, yeah. He, he was, was like, like, he was like, like when, they, when they were, like, getting, I will we'll get into scare moves, but when they were preparing to, like, storm the steel and everything, there's someone there who's, like, sharpening and stuff. And oh, I saw him. Uh, he, it was a really hard to tell. Yeah. Well, the dude, he was, like, totally Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, he was, like, sharpening and stuff. No, but he did stand out to me just because he was jacked. Yeah. His shirt off, he was all oiled up. And again, it was, like, that, he was definitely, for me, when I looked at him, I said, oh, well, there is one African-American person in here. This would have been in 17. Well, let's finish up on Okay. Anyway, yeah, so. Yeah, you, you get, get sort of the beginning of a hunchback that we're all used to, although you don't get, like, the origin of who Quasimodo is. No, Which, you know, in normal he lives in the church. Yeah, he just lives in the church. You don't know why he's living in the church, where he came from, or anything like that. You don't know why he's, why he's you know, possibly, you don't know if it's, he was deformed from birth or whatever. Right. Yeah, you're right. They don't. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, honestly all of the Quasimodo stuff, stuff that you're used to isn't really present. And it it is this, like, love story thing that's going on where you have the weird brother of the cardinal at, at, uh, at, at, at the church who is not even, who has rejected the church. And I don't even know why he's allowed to live at the church. No. <laughs> it's just so weird. There's so much going on. Yeah. And, and um, so, 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 I mean, you have certain elements of the story that are present that are really familiar, but again, hardly any hunchback of no name at all. You know? So, and in the end, it's like, okay, both movies, two, two of the movies that we have set in France, two of the movies that we have have huge crowd uprisings where they're coming to storm some kind of thing. So, so, I mean, there's, there's some, some sort of, like, thing about 1923 and having, having people storm and uprise and stuff like that. Um, but, um, and I love Lonnie and Jackie. Um, I, I mean, I know that his background, he was, he was born into a family where both of his parents were deaf. And so he pantomimed and everything like that. It was really, really... Um, something that he did from a very young age. Oh, yeah, yeah. so communicating with the can't hear you. Like, yeah. 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 Right. So it was, it was a perfect profession for him. And, and if, if there, there was, was anybody that was sort of subtle, 
in, in the movie that they were acting, I think, I think that Mama Chang is the one. Everybody else was sort of like way over the top, which, which you do see a lot. Yes. Yeah, and um, and 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 that's fine. I mean, um, I think that the acting in Scaramouche is a little more subtle than it was. Um, but so. I would say, here's my rating. Okay. We're going with Scary Jesus. So we got three for Chaplin. Um, I would give Hunchback just because it just, the, most of the other actors I didn't think were that good. And, and way over the top. And, and plus, if you have a movie about Hunchback in Notre Dame, you want to see the Hunchback in Notre Dame in a good portion of that movie. And literally, the Hunchback vanishes. Um, like, Probably a third of the way into the movie, and then comes back at the end. So I'm going to give it four scary Jesus. Meta. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Probably four. I mean, I don't think I'd ever watch it again. Mm. No. So I'd go four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. So it's, yeah. So I mean, Chaplin, the Chaplin short was better than this yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I uh, props to Long Jane, I think he's oh, yeah. the best thing in that movie, and um, there's a reason why, out of all the people in that movie, he's the famous one that people still can remember and know. Yeah. So, um, alright, so, last movie, which, um, at first, I will say, I was probably at the bottom of my list, um, but I reevaluated it now. But, but there's a reason for that. Let, 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 I'm, I'm going to let Ben talk about Scaramouche and, and what it is. So, Scaramouche, 1923, starring Ramon Navarro, directed by Rex Ingram, um, based on a very famous book that came out just prior. The book came out in 1921, Raphael Sabatini. Um, and I really liked this movie. I thought it was really like, good. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm a sucker, sucker for, like, like, good French Revolution, you know, let's start with Bastille, you know, um, Swashbuckler, Swashbuckler, you know, and, uh, yeah. And I thought Ramon Navarro was really he was good. He was, good. He was really good. Um, I mean, I mean, you know what happened with Ramon Navarro, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Okay, well, he, he was, was one of the, he was from, from South America, America so, so he was... He was, um, he was an up-and-coming, and, and um, he, once went talking to Victor Tit, he never made it past the silence. But, um, in 1967 or something like that, um, he was, um, he invited two male escorts up to his house, young male escorts, and they beat him to death. Whoa! What? Yeah. And um, so this was like, like a big thing back in the late 1960s in Hollywood. They beat him to death, they murdered him, and then they they caught these two guys, and then eventually they were um, arrested and put in prison. Oh my gosh, okay. So um, that's probably what Ramon Navarro is more famous for yeah, okay. um, than, than his actual film career, which ended probably in the 1920s. Yeah. Um, so I think he did have a little for I, I just, I, I don't know, um, what, what killed his career. 
Um, it might be the fact that he was he was gay and that came out eventually, and that sort of ended it for him. Um, but um, yeah, so he's more famous for how he died than how he lived Ramon Navarro. Well, he was good in this movie. He was, he was really good in this movie, and and um, really nice looking guy. He was a, he, he had. When he was the one that people picked, when Rudolph Valentino died, they thought that Ramon Navarro was going to take his place. Okay. So, there you go. So, anyway, what did you think, Marty? Give, give us a scoop on that. Right. So, so, what happened with me is, I was watching this movie last Friday. I think it was when I started watching it. And I found this version, I got the full version. It was like an hour and 20 minutes long. So I'm watching it. First half, first third of the movie, and I thought, oh, hey, this is not bad. You know, have to really pay attention to the cars so you know who is who and everything because there's a lot of... Especially, yeah, like, early in these sounds, all like, you need to trust your who is who because no one is, like, saying, like, hey, you know. Yeah. There's a whole, it'll say it, like, once on screen and then it'll never again. So you need to, like, read and remember. Read and remember. And I found myself pausing the movie so that I could actually read through the cards closely. I pause, like, at every time. Yeah, because there's so much exposition that goes on. And if you miss the exposition from one scene leading into the next, then the transition is like, where am I? And in this movie, which was kind of unique, where like it wasn't just the title cards, they would show like letters right now, cursive, and I'm like, oh, I try to, you know. Yeah, and the letters that were written out in cursive were in French. And then they get translated in English. So, and then you literally have to pay so close to that. Which is probably a cool effect in the next 20 years. How did you do that? Sitting in a movie theater, like, did they pause it enough? I guess it's got used to it. That's what they were used to. They were used to it, like, reading those cards very quickly and getting it. I think that's what it is. Although I feel sorry for people who possibly weren't fast readers or couldn't read it at all, because watching a movie like this, I can't imagine that kind of situation. So anyway, I'm watching the movie, paying close attention and everything like that. And, and then, then I got to the end, like the hour and 10 or 15 or 20 minute mark, and it got to this point where you have the Ramon Navarro character, Starmouche, right, who's, I, I say is like a French Revolution Zorro. Yeah, yeah, he pretty, pretty much is a French Revolution. Yeah, exactly. And he's like serving in the 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 um, new assembly that's created and everything like that. And then, then you have the main bad guy. And this, this is, is where the movie ended it for me. The main, main bad guy goes, I challenge you to a duel or something like that. And you will never, ever, you know, make it back here again or something like that. And then the movie just sort of ended and the credits started rolling. And I'm like, what? I, I thought, this, I just spent, invested an hour and 20 minutes of my life reading these cards, pausing, paying close attention. Yeah, I know, because you text, and then it was just like, yeah, you texted on the Friday night. Yeah, you were like, this is painful. This, <laughs> oh, no. It was, it was painful, and then there was no payoff. And then I'm like, okay. So then I, once, once it ended, and then it, it literally didn't end. It was, it was like, like a cliffhanger, thing. Like, okay, did they, they were, were they planning on a sequel? Mm-hmm. And, and they, they never made the sequel. Yeah, or something like that. that's what I thought. And then, and then I started going through and looking at different versions of it. Like, oh, there's a two-hour and five-minute version of this movie. I said, 
So, so I basically just watched the first two thirds of this movie. Minister Act, which is about as hard a part of the movie. And so, so yeah, so I, I just discovered that there was a third act. Yeah, so, so, so um, I, at this movie, would have gotten five cheeses for me. If I hadn't, yeah. Um, but I started watching the third act of the film. Which is so much better because the second in the second act the movie really drags like the whole maybe we should give a little bit of a plot. Oh yeah. So Andre is the main character who also starred in the Um Start of he's like in a French little like Paris and um you know he's got a love interest on the um the bad well the bad or the bad guys the Maki Delacour. You know, you know, basically, basically he, he comes, comes to the village, he murders Scarlet's best friend. Who well, um, is starting to be a priest. Yeah, for gosh, that is starting to be a priest. Um, he murders him. It's, it's, in, a, it's, it's in, in a duel, like a sword duel. Yeah. Um, he kills him. Scarlet um, goes to, he goes to Ren, I think. It's not, um, to seek justice with the king's lieutenant to try to turn the Maquis into murder, but then they're like, you can't teach the Maquis how to murder. So then they're going to arrest Scarmouche. At the same time, the French Revolution is happening, which I love, because I've loved the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. It's always been one of the most interesting parts of history. And I love, like, Tale of Two Cities, Scarlet Letter, any of these books that take place in this time period that I love. Um, he... He goes out to the crowd, there's, like, there's, like, a guy, like, who's, like... He's speaking, he's in order, he's trying to rally up the crowd, rally up the people, um, the peasantry, you know, and he gets shot, Scarface takes his place, he's all brave, someone sees him, he's like, oh, you know, uh, I like your moxie, kid, and I'm gonna hide you out, because now he's, like, wanted, right, they're trying to arrest him, um, they try to arrest him later that night, he escapes, he gets caught up with, like, a traveling theater company. And, and they're, they're like, well, you're pretty witty, witty right? Plays for us. This is, and, and this, like, and this, this is the, the second act. Yeah. 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 So, so then he's, like, writing the plays, and it's, so, like, a year later, and they're like, we've never been more successful. And then, and then the Maquis rolls up again. At this point, Scaramouche is now, like, hooked up with the theater company guy's daughter. Right. Which ends up being a train. Right. So, <laughs> and not a Charlie Chaplin. No, no, not the Charlie Chaplin. We're talking Chucky and okay. okay so, so at this, this point, point, the original love interest is now Aline. Aline, yeah, yep, Aline's with the Maki tour. Her because um, her dad wants her to marry obviously an aristocrat, be like you know, marry some wealthy, not Scarlett. Who is not? And then Scaramouche had gone to Paris and was going to come back, right? They were, yep, he, well, remember, he, they, they said he had been studying the law. Right. The lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, but Maki and Old Flame roll back into town, and at this point, Aline's like, but I still love you, and he's like, well, I'm with the new girl now, theater company girl. <laughs> but then she's getting hooked up with the Maki. I don't know what it is about the Maki and what he has that... That, that women, women go for. You know what we need? Mm-hmm. You know that Gen Z TikToker I sent you? You know that history recap? Oh my god, we need that. Yeah, it's so good. There's a TikToker. We'll show Marty after. But she, she's a Gen Z was a teacher. Which it's not a thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they had a history lesson. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are two thousand ones. World War One, World War Two. You know, all these stuff. And then historical, it's all Gen Z slang. Yeah, like surprisingly yeah. accurate. Very accurate. But, but like, this is what we, we needed the Gen Z reenactment of this. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But basically, so where was that? Yeah. The Barbie yeah. is like hooked up with both, both girl girls now. now. And, um, although I, I, I don't, don't think Aline really wants to be. No, no, she didn't. At this point, she didn't want to. Her father. Mm-hmm. He, then, they signed up for the National Assembly. So at this point in history, um, the French Revolution is in full swing. They were storm Bastille, King Louis XVI, Marie Antoinette. They are locked in between the three palaces at this point. Mm-hmm. They call the National Assembly, and this is, you know, um, because, because before that, they had called the Estates General, which was the clergy, the aristocracy, and then the peasants. And that was like traditionally um, the French, how, you know, those are the three classes of society. And in emergencies, they called them. That didn't work out. So basically, just the third part, just the um, the people, that they formed their own national assembly. And the, the that's in real life. So he gets sent to that to represent them. Mm-hmm. And um, the Marquis is an aristocrat, obviously, so he's on the king's side. And he is dueling people. And they're like, somebody needs to duel the Mar- Marquis. And um, Scarmouche, of course, he's a great fencer. Mm-hmm. In addition to being a great playwright, the guy is pretty awesome. Like, like everything. He is, he's he's French Revolution Zorro. And the Marquis is a really good fencer, too. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, you take it from your money. Okay. So, well, I didn't get to the total end. Oh, my God. Okay. So, but I will say, so what happens is, is that the Marquis keeps on debating people. Yeah. And um, then he is challenged into a duel, and then he'll come back into the assembly and say, we settled our debate. Yeah. Permanently. Yeah. That's his, like, line. He's egging people on to, like, basically to kill him. To kill him. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that's how they get started. Like, we heard he's a good fencer. Yeah. And and um, then Scarmouche finds out that his love interest with the daughter of the, the theater company is basically going out with the Marquis. Yeah. And basically she just says, I don't care about you and, and like, spurns him. And then, then Aline finds out that Scarmouche is still alive and wants to get back with him. But, but the Marquis, who has a side thing with the... Wow. Yeah. Has a side thing with the... Yeah, side trick. Yeah. Wants to marry Ali. Mm-hmm. Right. And she... And then and then Scaramouche... Yeah, he challenges Scaramouche to a duel, or does Scaramouche challenge him? Um, that in the assembly, it's like, he keeps... The, the marquee keeps on, like, <laughs> yeah, so, so then, then finally, uh, we're gonna get Scarmouche. So they, I think, think Scarmouche challenges him or vice versa. They come to the assembly, they go, and you did it, so that's where you ended. You didn't see their duel. I did see the duel. Oh, okay. the, I did, I didn't know if there's another duel, but I did see their no, first duel where, where they have one, and Eileen tried to convince Scaramouche. Or the marquee to call up. Yeah, because she's afraid one of them's going to die. She just wanted to hear him die. Um, but Scaramouche went and he does kill the marquee, he just disarms him. Right, and wounds him in the shoulder. He wounds him. Okay. Um, so 
previous so previous this this other character showed up in the movie, the Countess, mm-hmm. and she is like friends with the Marquis, and she also seems to know about Scaramouche. Yeah. It turns out that's his mom. That's Scaramouche. Well, at first she said, said Cat, the Countess, I knew your mother, or something like that. Yeah, because he's like, like, why do you care about me? You know, and why? And it's like, I knew your mom. It's like, mm-hmm. they did. <laughs> and then, then so, so with the dad. she does the very end. This is where I am at. I don't care. So I already told her. It was like, this you know, you know, they've already arrested, arrested Louis XVI, and things are kicking off, and they're eventually going to get beheaded. Um, so Bob is like, you know, they're trying to escape Paris, and now that's like his mom and dad, so like he wants them to get saved. Um, no, the count is in the lead, so it's going to be his wife, future wife and mother. The Marquis goes out there and mob. The Marquis is his father. Yeah, it's his dad. So the Marquis is trying to marry the girl that he's in love with, and so the Marquis wants to get on with the do- his future daughter-in-law. He doesn't know, though, that Scaramouche is his son. Yeah. Only the, the Countess knows. Yeah. But he doesn't he doesn't know. Know. The Countess is his mother. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the Marquis had had intercourse with the Countess. Yeah, they got on there. No, the Countess is like older. The Countess is like Marquis' age. Yeah. Because um, she's Scarlet Witch Moss. Scarlet Witch is supposed to be around like early 20s. Early 20s. You say Countess is like 40. 40. Um, and, uh, see, and that's it with the Marquis. Because I, I, it's like, like when, when, I, when, when you told me that the Marquis was his father, I'm like, Wow, I didn't, I didn't have him. But there's no, there's, that's one thing with the silent films, it's really hard, like, with ages, because mm-hmm. like, everybody looks, like, and the makeup job. Oh, makeup. makeup! I thought the makeup was great. It was so, all the beauty marks, but everybody looked the same age, pretty much, except for, like, you could obviously tell who the peasants were, because they fully, like, all the French nobles, because they all were powdered wigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Totally different. Totally different. Scarlet Pimpernel is great. great too. Yeah. Scarlet Pimpernel is the one that takes place during this. French Revolution. Scarlet Pimpernel takes off. Um, the mob is like, we're going to kill them, and then Scaramouche has to be like, please spare them, this is my mom and my future wife, and, you know, and they're like, well, okay. So then they, they just, like, like, let them all, and then they the them all. Because he's Scaramouche. They all love him. So they do the same. Yeah, because he goes out there to, like, get the sword, and he just goes to face the mob. Like he's, he's, he's gonna, gonna die. die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he knows it's over, but he's gonna go down by which he does. Yeah. Okay. So I thought the ending was pretty good. I I thought this ending of the best one. I'm gonna be tell you right now. Zero scary cheats. This was nothing scary at all. I give it. You would you would this was good. I liked the movie. I thought that the musical score was the best out of all movies. Um, the title cards were the most clear, even though they were stylized, but, like, I could follow these uh, better than the other ones. Yeah, you know, I will say this. I, again, I've done a reevaluation as of this morning. I haven't seen the total complete ending, but I got into the third act this morning and it's about 25 or 30 minutes of it, where it really picks up. And it does a lot. There's a lot going on. What do you think of this movie? I would, I would just, like, take out the whole theater part. Why? Why? We got to so, shorten it. They, they just had too much going on at that time. I think they yeah. shortened it up to, like, half the time. Yeah, because it's, it's a two-hour movie, yeah. which is as, as long, long as you want on a movie nowadays. And this is the final movie. So, right. Right. I think if they would have just, like, like joined the theater, theater drove, and then they went to... Paris, and they're on stage, and then all of a sudden, oh, Eileen's back, and then they, they go directly to Psychic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 the well, 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 it, it just, just drags too much in the second act. And then if it ends before it gets really good, good obviously you're going to be like, I lost it. I'm like, I am not going to put myself through the rest of this because I don't really know. No, they turn it around. And, okay, so yeah, I would say, um, going with it, I would put Scaramouche at the top of the three movies. I would give it like one scary piece. Yeah. I'll go one and a half. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's not. I don't care. This is like, if, I, if this, this is like, like mozzarella. mozzarella. There's yeah. nothing scary. <laughs> like, you know. I would say this is green more than mozzarella. No, green is scary. You think green is scary? Yeah. No, if you like, you like the traditional, remember we're good with the cheddar? Cheddar, mozzarella. Well, well, you didn't even go to those. You like that. No, I have to do that one. You're going to have to try this. No, there's I'm never going to eat that. No, we're, we're going to do, do it. it. We're going to put, put it in a cracker. We're going to put some wine cheese on it. And you're going to try this. But I will try a piece of that. All right. And then we're going to try. So, yeah, basically, we've all sort of ranked movies exactly the same way. I think just like... Okay. <laughs> okay, he's trying... Which one is this? He's making it. He's just going to have a minute down. And I don't think he's going to finish that. 
Like, that is not good, guys. That is really good. But it's so honestly, I like the chow after, but I kind of am like, like digging this cheese. I'm going to take that chunk home. Okay. It's bad. And then, but this stuff with the wine cheese is really, our wine jam is really good. I'm trying to make some of this. All right. So there you go. So yes, so I think I think one was clearly the worst, and then the Charlie Chaplin was like it was I, you know, like it's a middle of the road Chaplin, but it's still a Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, and and again, Ramon Navarro, people don't know him; they probably should more. He was a, he was a, he was a really decent actor, um, and really nice looking actor, and um, just his career was killed when it turned to zombies, pretty much. So, um, and which, which is really strange because I'm watching right now with my film class and I'm watching Sing It in the Rain. Like, one of the best movies that we covered on. I know. This is a great movie. <laughs> you should give a shout out to the, the movie that took place like 100 years ago that I just watched. And I'm pretty, pretty sure you watched it too. Angie. Oh, you were Yeah. That took place in 1920. Yeah, that was really good. Good shout out to the well, you know, are we going to talk about the Academy Award films in this one? You want to talk well, about Well, I mean, the Oscars in a couple of weeks. Well, why don't we do just a short thing? So, so yeah, yeah, the Oscars, um, um, I've seen, uh, I've I saw, saw, I saw Taro. Taro. I've seen, I've seen, I've um, uh, but for me this year, it's all about everything. Yeah, 100% that one better win. It's, it's, it's better. It looks like, like it's going, going to. It yeah. won a bunch of awards this weekend. It's an award. Yeah. And it won the PGAs this weekend. Right, won PGAs, and it also won the DJs, Directors Guild. Oh, wow. So it looks to me like that's unstoppable. And the, and the, the, the one, one thing, thing also, we were talking about this, Marty, uh, yesterday morning, was, was like, Kate Blanchett has been kind of a consensus lock since Tar came out to win her best Oscar. Just because they're like, this performance is just, I mean, it was top field, especially for her. And she's fantastic. We were going to watch it last weekend. I'm going to watch it for you. We watched Bambi. Michelle Yeoh won the SAG Award. Which is really says something. She's, She's great. Too. Everything, all, everything, everywhere, all at once. It is the best movie of the year. There's, I mean, there's no other movie like it. It's crazy, but not. It's hard. You can't explain this movie if you try to like give something to synopsis. It's a multiverse movie. That's not a multiverse movie, but it's like a. But it's it's an it's an absurd sci-fi comedy. Yeah. But it's not. And when, when I was watching that, I was trying to describe my movie before I convinced her to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna sort of mess with your mind. Mm-hmm. But it's not that kind of mess with your mind like 2001, where you're at the end. You're like, like, where you're at the end. The ending is so good, and like, I watched, I watched this when I went to Florida, and I watched the first half on the way down, and the second half on the way back. And here I'm sitting on the plane crying because of the stupid rock. Oh. And I don't cry at all. Like, I was getting misty. Yeah. That's how, when my favorite scene in the movie, 
So, so it's got, got Kiki Kwan, who is our boy, short round of data. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Luis and Kuna. He's, 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 he's the biggest lock. lock. You ain't got to worry about it. He's the biggest lock yeah. um, out, out of anything that night. Mm-hmm. When in, in a different universe where they, he's Michelle Young's husband, and then they're getting divorced in the main thing. And he, in another universe where they didn't end up together, and, but, but they, they both, both were successful. And he just says, you know, in another life, I'm going to really just like doing laundry, laundry taxes with you. Because mm. yeah. he says, you don't know what it's like, you know, if we end together, it's, it sucks. We just do laundry taxes. You know, just say I'm laundry man. I would just say it's hard to talk about plot points of this movie. It's, you start talking about everything bagels, hot dog fingers. <laughs> you can't Curtis. I props. Yeah. yeah. I, I love Jamie Curtis, but I also love the women who play yeah, the dogs. Oh, she's everybody. Everybody. Yeah. So, this, I mean, I'm wondering if it's, if it's going to sweep. Are you selling it? I am going to be showing it at the end of March. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I've, I've I've also got um, the whale, which is supposed to be coming in mid March. So I'm thinking maybe a special showing of the whale um, in the early April or something. Is Brendan gonna win Best Actor? I think that he's gonna win. It'd be really nice to like be able to watch it somewhere in this town. Well, it would be. That's, um, they won't do it. We've already we've already established that. I, I, I do think Brendan Fraser is going is gonna to take it. Yeah, we'll see. It's a three-horse race, really, between Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for Beijing and Brendan Fraser. But Colin hasn't really taken anything. I mean, he made a few critics awards. What was that one? And he didn't win the BAFTA. No, but it was on something before, because then you talk about... Did he? Because he ended up and said, I love you. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's won something, something, but Austin Butler won too. Austin Butler won quite a few. Yeah, I mean, he won. Won. it was good. He won, he won the Golden Globe. He won the BAFTA. BAFTA. Um, he, he lost in the SAG to Brendan Fraser. Yeah. So um, it's close. Yeah. I I don't think it's that close. I think it's gonna be. Well, I'm just going off like I listen to the big and and they think it's they think it's really close. It's probably between Austin and Brendan, but Colin's got a chance. And I, and I think, I mean, I, mean, I love Austin Butler. I think he was fantastic in that movie. Have you watched it? No, I'm not, not going to watch it unless he wins. But it's not bad. It is so good. I, I know I'm so like Bob Merriman production. If you've never made a movie I like, literally. I don't like Elvis. This movie will change your mind, honestly. Is it more about who destroyed Elvis? Yeah. No. And, and I will give you this. I will give you this. Um, the performance by Tom Hanks makes it a little painful. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Well, I want to watch a director I don't like, direct a movie about someone I don't like, and Tom Hanks, who I do like, is whack. Okay. You've all made me watch some questionable I mean, stuff. I guess. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe we need to do a podcast <laughs> where we say um, we're going to force every person at the table to watch a movie that they know or have said that they would hate. Ooh, that would be good. That would be good. Like, uh, so we might be forcing him to watch Elvis. You have to be really honest. You'd have to be like, I've always said I'm never watching this. Mm. 
That would be a good, good idea for something, and we, we can each do one. So we, we can each submit our, okay, this is a movie I hate, and I don't really want to watch again. Um, it'll be It's, it's a Wonderful, wonderful Life for Amanda. I mean, there's another one. <laughs> I think I, I, I was just thinking, thinking like, movie where you swore you, were, you would never watch it because you know it would be bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, like in a genre you typically hate. Something like that, but that might be a good. Uh, that's that's going to take a little bit of thinking. That'll take a little bit of thinking. So I'm going to be voting for Elvis or Ben because I really, I think, think that, that Elvis Butler's performance is, is worth watching. If he wasn't the best actor, I would be watching. Did he get through? Did he watch this? Uh, maybe we do our musical biopic. Not a musical, but on biopics. Okay. Oh, what is the one with Jessica Lange? Where she played Patsy Cline? She's so good in that. Yeah, that one. Yeah, Green Girl. Yeah, Green it's going to be with Shelly Ellen. Um, and, and this is going to be a tough one because I'm going in between now because Jamie Lee Curtis won the SAG Award for Best Supporting Actress. But I'm still going to go with Angela Bassett um, for, for um, Wakanda. That yeah. movie still makes me cry at the end. Yeah. And then I will go with D for um, uh, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. But it wouldn't surprise me if... If the uh, supporting actor categories both go to um, everything, everywhere at once, one of the actors. Yeah, but I mean, part of the thing too is it is ranked choice voting. Um, you, and it is sometimes this happens a lot actually. You sometimes will get movies that have two people in one category, mm-hmm. oftentimes two people in a split the vote. They split the vote. Mm-hmm. You know, people who. You know, voted everything, everything everywhere for best director, best picture, all this. Half of them are going to vote for Jamie Lee Curtis, half of them vote for Stephanie, and then Angela Bassett. So there is that. Um, I think it's going to be Brendan. Oh, I don't, because seriously, everyone, I listen to lots of podcasts and read all this Oscar hype, like, Year round, the cake was a lock until like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Mich- I'm gonna say Michelle, Michelle I think she may have caught up to Kate when mm-hmm. they Um, I think Andrew Glass is still gonna win, and I think um, he's a lock. Yeah, best director, I think the Daniels are gonna win. It's, it's two dudes, dudes and both named Daniels. Something they call so. I haven't seen the list for best picture. Like, yeah. I don't pay yeah. attention to the Yeah, best picture is going to be everything and everyone else. I would be shocked if it ended in anything else. If it's going to be something else. It's not. It's not. It's just. It's not going to be. It's no. It's not going to be. I think it's really pulled ahead. There, there was, was talk, there was a time where Banshees kind of had the same height, but everything is taken over. Right, right. It's one. So, so there you go. go. That's, our, um, that's our Oscar version, our Oscar predictions. And, and, if, and we got to hope that Austin and Butler wins so that um, Ben will be forced to watch out. Isn't there a really problematic scene with him and I don't know if it's a Chuck Bay or someone? 
you, you do you know, know the scene where I they talk about this in the big picture where there's an awkward scene where someone some African American singers like giving him permission to seal the view. Oh, that's BB. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That for sure never happened in real life. Right. 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 But, but that is bad, guys, right? I think it's bad. It's bad. I mean, but you get, I mean, you definitely get like this in the movie. You get how much Elvis was. Um, influenced, influenced by all of these African American yeah. mm-hmm. singers. So, um, okay. okay, well, I'm, I'm still, still hoping for, uh, you know, I, I, I love Brendan Fraser, Fraser, and I will, will be disappointed if Brendan Fraser wins, um, but I'm pulling for Austin Butler because I think he, he, he did a kind of a remarkable thing in it. Um, so, all right. it's ridiculous. Yeah, and he, he just seems like a really nice guy, too. So. Anyway, but sometimes nice guys don't fit the We'll see. All right, well, there you have it, faithful listeners. That's the word from Amanda and Ben and uh, myself on some popular movies from the century ago and also the Oscars um, is what, what's coming up. And if you want to see some of those Oscar movies, we're going to be showing them here at the library, including The Whale. Um, but before we travel back to 2023, we need to do one more thing. We have to talk about some books that have been keeping you up at night. And these books are not 100 years old. We'll, we'll just say that. It's a little thing on the podcast we call Off the Shelf. So, guys, what have you been reading recently? Um, I finally, took me a minute, finished Spare. It's been a And? Um, if, if you, you watch, watch the Oprah on Netflix thing, a, a lot of it was in there. You get more on this, like, military background, which is kind of cool, and, like, how he got screwed over because of the press leaking stuff. His hatred for the press is, like, 100% obvious. Well, they didn't kind of go to mom. Well, yeah. I mean, even in, like... The paparazzi. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, overall, it's such a sad situation for anybody in that monarchy. Because, yeah. like, they don't have... There's no privacy, there's no... It is. It is. It's a, and it, it's something they're born into, and if they don't have a choice, and so you, like you really do feel at times for them. Yeah, I've always been. Because I've been a big fan of the Queen, and I've read a lot of books on the royal family. It is. It sucks. It does suck. But then you don't want to be sympathetic to like liberal royal people who are rich and have pals whatever. But like it is. You feel bad because they can't. You don't, you don't feel, feel bad, bad like they're, they they got, got all their, their money and that. You mm-hmm. feel bad because they, there's no they literally have no privacy. Every aspect of like him growing up was on display. Oh yeah, and my sister had, and I'm, I'm sure, sure you were the same age where like him and his brother were like always in magazines. Yeah. Yeah. Like JTT and like Prince William and Prince Harry. Well, they always just come, they, the way they portrayed him too was really sad. Like yeah. here's yeah. the golden boy William, and then it's your party and like. It's just, it's such a sad situation, and um, especially what happened during COVID, how they went and hit out Canada, and then the paparazzi found them, 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 and then the paparazzi found them
Um, he tells how he loses his virginity in there. In a field. In a field with, like, some random person that he met. And it's... Random person? No, it was someone he knew. And then... Of time that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, so I'm, I'm in the, the intro talk, talk about how the wine scene, so I'm sure that would be in there because that's really well, yeah. I mean, I mean it, it really changed things, things how people campaigned and everything. So, all, all right. right. What, what are you reading? What am I reading? This is going to sound stupid, but I totally went, I was looking through books on Audible to listen to. And I'm now listening to Kitchen Confidential by Kimi Gordini. I've never read it, but everyone who's read it, it's so good. I mean, he's an amazing writer. I mean, he's a really good And that was his first book. Right. And it's, I mean, he's telling sort of, it's a memoir about how he grew into being a food person. And right now, I just started it. So it's about his childhood when he went over to France and he ate all the food over it in France and everything like that. And, but, yeah, he's a, I mean, it, it was, was a great loss when he, when he, uh, announced he died. Um, and, um, but Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Morning, really, really cool. It's supposed to be a classic in the genre, obviously, he was great. So. Yeah. And, uh, okay. Well, um, there you have it. Some recommendations from Amanda and Ben and myself of books that you should pick up. Off the Shelf. And we have come to the end of this special 100th episode of Movie Roundtable of Library Nerd with Words. I want to thank Amanda Pierce from the team, Tone and Ben Sargent from the cataloging department for joining me. But never fear, Ben, Amanda, and I will be together soon, hopefully, to record our oft-discussed play-to-movie roundtable. Um, but come back next week when I will be joined by Melissa Allen, head of the circulation department at the Way Public Library, who has a few quote-unquote things she wants to talk about. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's the clue. This is the subject she's going to be talking about. So anyway, until that time, everyone, stay nerdy. Thank you for listening to Library Nerds with Words, Peter White Public Library's weekly podcast, giving you the word on what's cool at the library. The theme for the podcast is Happy Clappy by John Bartman, used courtesy of Pixabay. This episode was written and produced by Martin Ackett's and sponsored by Peter White Public Library. Until next week, pick up a good book, listen to some good music, watch a good movie, attend a great event, and remember, library nerds are the coolest people around.